two, one. Let's go. It's time to dad up. Welcome to the Dad Up Podcast. The podcast for dads about dads being dads. Get ready for exciting guests talking about their experiences of parenting, the good and the not so good. Bang that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. And let's get started. Here is your host, Brian Ward. Welcome to another episode of Dad Up, everyone. I'm super excited for the guests that I have on. He and I have kind of connected over the last she's several several months now i'm um, just kind of following each other on social media but brian andreco is joining me on dad up i'm super excited to have him thank you very much brian for joining me brian this is an absolute pleasure i'm glad to be here thanks for what you're doing awesome i well i appreciate it and uh for my listeners you may not know who you are just give me a backstory of brian i want to know a little bit more about you i want to know about your family uh where you come from all that kind of stuff and what you're doing now yeah, that's uh, how much time do we got here? I can go deep into the, I, I can go on a lot of tangents here, but uh, yeah, I mean, in simple terms, right, is let's, I'm going to start to, to where I'm at today. And then I'm going to go backwards because I think it's, it could be really valuable for, for folks listening in. So, you know, the simplest thing is, you know, I, I like to define myself, not by a label of like, oh, I work here or do this. Like I've actually been working with my mentor, Rich, for a few years and kind of define myself under one word, which is a navigator. Uh, which is really to help, you know, help people just get started on a clear path toward happiness is kind of my North star that I live and, and breathe. And the reason I start out with that is it took me a long time to realize, you know, from where I grew up and how I grew up and the things I learned back then, all the, the self-limiting beliefs and the, the poor confidence I had and all that stuff, there was some good underneath there. And once I was able to pull that out and realize, you know, what my mission is in life, I was able to kind of define my next steps going forward. So, you know, I'm from upstate New York um, originally. So uh, shout out to Endicott for folks that know <laughs> um, small town upstate New York. Um, but yeah, I grew up there 18 years. And, um, you know, it's like most other folks, it was a, an average upbringing. I didn't know any different, right? Small town. Um, I was fortunate. I had a lot of my family there. Um, so cousins and grandparents and stuff like that around before everyone kind of scattered and moved out of the area. Once IBM left, you know, everyone kind of left the, <laughs> left the, left the area, um, in the late nineties, early two thousands, but yeah, grew, you know, like I said, grew up a middle child and, uh, which we can go into the deeper depths of how that impacted me good and bad, but, uh, yeah. And that kind of all those lessons I learned growing up, or I didn't realize they were lessons I was learning kind of led me on this path of complacency and, you know, kind of just being what I would consider average. I felt like there was something inside I wanted to do more, but I always felt like society was kind of pushing me to just kind of go down a normal path and, you know, kind of what everyone's supposed to be doing. Well, why and do you think took, that is? Let me later interrupt you. Why do you yeah. think that is? Because I, I kind of had that same experience growing up. Why do you think yeah. it was for you? Yeah. I mean, I think part of it was, it was my upbringing and no offense to my parents. You know, I love my parents. Um, but I just think it was the time, what they had in their life, what they were brought up was like, Hey, get a really secure job, make some money to support a family, mm -hmm. um, you know, do good. You know, they were involved in the, in the, the church a lot. So it was kind of like, do good, kind of just, just plot your, don't, you know, kind of like Steve Jobs says, don't bang in any walls kind of thing. And right. that was the mentality I grew up with. 
And I didn't think it was, I wasn't a, a back then, at least I didn't realize like being an out of the box thinker. I wasn't like trying to think, Hey, can I change the world? Are there things that I could do? It was more just, all right, let me go to college and then let me get a job. And then let mm-hmm. me kind of plot from there. So I think it was part of my upbringing, that whole nature versus nurture argument, right? The nurture part, although by the way, I had a lot of good stuff, right? I learned a right. lot of empathy. I learned a lot of compassion, a lot of kindness. I would, I grew up with the best grandparents anyone could ever ask for. Um, and, and they were different by the way. Um, I always joke my, uh, my uh, mom's parents, um, they were kind of like a mix between the parents from Everyone Loves Raymond and from Seinfeld, George's parents. It's like, it, it was like, it was like perfect. So, but I learned so many good things from them. And again, after pulling those out and being able to see that, wait a minute, there's a lot of good stuff here. How can I now take this and actually make that as I'm, as I grow into being an older adult, you know, I don't mind saying I'm 38 years old. It's took me a long time to get to the point of like recognizing all the good stuff and not so much harping on the quote unquote bad stuff. Um, so, Hmm. and so uh, now kind of fast forward to where you are today. I mean, you're talking about how you grew up, but who you are today and the family that you have today. Yeah. and, And so I'm in a, again, it's one of those things that just learning over the years of who I wanted to, this is, a, this is actually a really good point to make is I lived for many years on what I thought the world wanted me to be. And who, and that made a lot of my decisions for me. And when I realized that I'm going to make decisions that make me happy, that are what I want to do, and I know that they're going to be good for the world because I feel like I'm a really good person. I'm positive and I'm optimistic and, and, and I'm kind. And, and I have a lot of those, those qualities that I learned as a kid. So if I do things that I want to do, not only is it going to make the world better, I'm going to be happier, right? And ultimately that's shaped obviously a lot of things that, you know, in terms of my life today and the choices that I'm making. Um, I'm a single dad. So, um, I have a nine-year-old who's, it's like for any folks out there that have kids that age, it's like nine going on 25. I mean, right. it's, it's, a, it's, it's awesome though, because I look at the growth, even in, in the past year or so. Um, Brian, remember your kid's age? Oh, they're way older. <laughs> I have, uh, my oldest will be 23 in a couple of weeks. And my okay. youngest is 20. So, okay. You could probably instill a lot of, uh, wisdom on me then of, of what I'm, <laughs> what I'm getting into in the next couple of years. But, um, yeah, so I, I again, uh, a single dad to a, to a nine-year-old, but one of the things I'm really proud of, and, and it's actually funny. I literally was just getting off the, the phone with one of my best friends I've, I've known since childhood. And we hadn't caught up in a while. And, and she was asking me about, you know, how's co-parenting going? And I said, you know what? I'm so grateful for uh, my ex-wife. We're, we're incredible co-parents. We have a mutual awesome. respect with that uh, because we made a decision. And, and again, we're both drastically different people. We realize this now, but we can have that respect with one another where our goal is to make our son be happy, 
and healthy mm-hmm. and, and have a good life. It's not an ego thing on, oh, I'm not going to allow him to do this because mom would have liked it or vice versa, that type right. of stuff. So I've been really appreciative with, and I, and I hope she would say the same thing. Um, I've been really appreciative with how we've, um, we're actually probably get along better now than we did a couple of years ago, right? And when we were going through, when we're going through separation and divorce and stuff. Yeah. It's kind of really interesting, but I think we've both grown as people. I know I, I hell, I've grown a hell of a lot. Um, so, uh, it, it, yeah, it's really one of those things. So yeah, as, uh, from a co-parenting standpoint, it's been, although definitely a different family life than, you know, that th- maybe other people have, um, it works and, uh, and I'm making it work, you know? So that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, first of all, uh, con- congratulations on the co-parenting because that's, that's a huge challenge that parents run into when they do separate. Um, get divorced. And, and, you know, I've seen it just in my own circle of friends and stuff that I've seen that have gotten divorced where there's kind of this struggle between, you know, the husband and the wife on, on uh, whether it's, uh, you know, where the child should live, um, the, the rules at the different houses, uh, even as far as academics, you know, things that go on at school, who handles it, how do they handle it together? Um, and it's really a detriment to the child uh, when two parents can't continue to get along and uh, know that it's for the betterment of the child, instead of, like you said, you know, you having to put your ego aside, uh, to step up for the child. And what do you think has been the biggest challenge though? I'm, I'm glad that you have this situation because it really is an important topic for our conversation. Yeah. What, what do you think has been the biggest challenge for you? If you're talking to other co-parents out there or somebody that's listening to this, that's going through a divorce, you know, what kind of, what kind of things, what kind of wisdom can you give them? You know, uh, well, one, everything's not perfect, right? So I want right. to make sure it's clear. There, there's always our challenges that we have. The one thing I will say, and again, this goes back to, I think where I've changed as a person and what I, you know, where I want to go in the world and what I want to do I've, I've taken that into the parenting approach because listen, growing up, um, again, as I mentioned, my parents did the best that they could. I didn't have a great relationship with my father though. Like I don't even, and you know, actually I probably need to ask my dad about that. I keep saying, I'm going to ask him and I've never asked him, but like, I don't recall him ever saying he loves me. I don't don't Mm. recall that. Now he wasn't a bad, bad man. Right. He supported our family and, you know, he was there at times, although I always wanted him to be there more and, and stuff like that. But like, it's one of those things, like, I think, but he grew up in a hard household of like, that was how it was like the strict, whatever. So I think that was ingrained in him. So that was one of those things that was hard for me early on. Not that I didn't say, I love my, my son. I, I tell him all the time, but it was one of those things. Like you start to kind of relive some of those childhood, um, mm-hmm. Uh, issues that you had. And, and, and then I had to catch that early on of like, right. wait a minute, I'm, I'm going down this path. Let's pump the brakes here. So I think part of it is a perspective on like, you know, the parenting standpoint. And, and part of it is realizing, wait a minute, I don't, let, let's assume I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Right. I think what, and this is a slight tangent, but I, hopefully it's helpful for folks out there, whether they're co-parents or not, is I take the approach of like, I can't think that I am all knowing, all powerful. And just because my son at whatever age he's at, at nine and a half now, that he doesn't know anything. He right. has feelings, he has thoughts, he has um, ideas. So one of the things you asked, you know, kind of what advice, what wisdom? Well, one of the things is I haven't pushed on him like you have to do X, Y, and Z because I do X, Y, and Z. And that could be anything, right? So I almost give him some latitude, if you will, 
to make decisions. And the reason I do that is I want to see what decisions he makes. Is he making a good decision or bad decision? Now, if he makes what I feel is a good decision, I applaud him for that. If he makes what I feel is a bad decision, I don't like yell at him or, or do those type of things. We talk about it. Why did you do that? What were your thoughts behind that? Why? And a lot of times, you know what's amazing? Is he'll he'll make the answer I'm looking for anyways. He'll be like, right. yeah, I did, I, I did that. Or, 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 or he'll start coming clean. I'm like, well, in school today, this happened. And it's almost like he picks up the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. So it, I, I think there's a lot of this comes back to, um, and maybe the background and which I didn't share at all is kind of, you know, clipping those stories together at the beginning is I was a PJ professional for many years. I used to teach golf. Um, and I coached a lot of junior golfers from very small four or five years old up to like, you know, high school, college age. So kind of everything in between. And what I learned a lot is I don't have to tell them everything. They don't have to know everything. I have to give them a cue and then I have to let them perform and let them use their own natural ability, natural thought. You may, cause I know you do coaching a lot and you may see this, right. Is let them do their own natural ability and let's see what happens. Let's see what, let's see what they can do. And what I find more than anything now is these kids and not just my son, I see this with other kids too, you know, uh, neighbors and uh, friends and stuff is the kids make the right decision. The kids generally make a good, thoughtful decision. So I take the approach of let me trust him and let me let, if he proves me wrong, well, then we have that discussion and that happens a lot, but let me trust him and let's see if he can make the right decision. And then ultimately that's going to give me confidence in the next time and the next time. So I try not to kind of over parent, which I see a lot happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know, I, I know I'm, I'm kind of jumping around a few different areas, but maybe someone listening kind of has that same experience. If you always feel like, again, this goes back to what I learned when I, in, in retrospect of my dad and my mom was always like, I did something, you did something wrong or do it this way. Right. And instead of saying that, it's like, Hey, can, I, I need some help here. Can you do this? And then let's see what let's see what he does. And you know, what? it's interesting. And I don't have an exact situation right now off the top of my head, but there have been times where he surprised me. I'm like, oh, I didn't even think that's actually way easier, which is amazing, right? But we instead of telling the kids what to do, let's let them actually be humans and try to solve problems. I and mean, that's the whole point of this: is they have to live life themselves. At some point in the, in the near future, he's going to be by himself. I want him to be a problem solver. I want him to be able to, you know, kind of take ownership, not of someone has to tell me what the next step is. And I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned in my journey is I can control most things that I do, right? There's some things I can't control. That's just how life is. But a lot of the decisions I make, like sitting here talking to you, there's a decision you made to, you know, to have me on, I made to join. This is a decision I want to make, and it's a choice I want to make. I can do those all day, every day, versus having someone tell me, oh, Brian, you need to be here, there, and somewhere else. And that's where I feel a lot of parenting is, is we tell the kids where to go versus letting them choose a little bit, and then just be kind of a, be the Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? Kind of be the guide on the journey, but let them kind of go down the path themselves if they can. Yeah. Um, It's it's interesting that you bring that up, because I I think that you know, whether uh, a child makes, regardless of the age, makes a mm-hmm. good decision or a bad decision, both of those decisions are learning experiences, right? right. And we as parents, 
uh, need to provide that guidance to them, whether they made a good decision or a bad decision. We yeah. can give them the we can give them the kudos when they make the good decision and help build their confidence to continue to make good decisions. Or we can be the guide to instruct them on how to make a better decision next time. And I think you're right. There's a lot of parents now. I think it's, I see this, I see this kind of a shift in parenting where, you know, back when I was a kid, you know, my parents allowed me to make decisions and then kind of guided me with my boys. I've tried to, tried to just be that guide for them. And I see parents now that are almost like these, you know, we call it the old helicopter parent, right? Where they're trying to make the decision for the child, or they're trying to justify mistakes that the child made instead of trying to correct them. And all that does is set them up for failure. Cause you're right. You said it yourself when your, your son gets old enough and he's out on his own, he needs to be able to navigate through challenges. And if we continue to hover over them and kind of put the shell over them and protect them the whole time, uh, they're just going to continue to struggle. And I see it. I actually see it with kids that make mistakes and watch the parents' reactions to it. And I, and I think to myself, that's just, that's just not good parenting. The, the choices that the parents are making for the child, it's just not good parenting, in my opinion. Um, I'm not a professional as far I'm not a licensed therapist, but I like to consider myself a professional parent because I've been a parent for tw uh, almost 23 years. So um, for me, you know, with my boys growing up, you know, the decisions they made, I guided them, allowed them to make decisions and then helped them along the way, whether based on the decision that they made. Now that my boys are adults, now that they're these adults and they're able to function on their own. Now I sit back and I allow them to make their own choices and I allow them to come to me for guidance. So right. I actually don't input or instill my guide or my advice to them unless they ask. I'm doing that purposely because you're an adult. So regardless right. of the decision you made, you have to learn uh, whether the consequences or whether it's a good thing, you have to learn how to handle that. So if you're going to come to me for advice, my son just made his purchase on his first car. Before he made that purchase, I didn't say anything to him. He told me he was thinking about buying a car. And I said, oh, cool. What kind of car are you thinking about getting? He kind of tells me, all right, cool. I didn't, ask, I didn't say anything to him about what right. he should or shouldn't do. I allowed right. him to make that decision. Now, he's got to make that purchase or he's looking at a specific car. Then he came to me and asked me for advice on what he should do next. And I provided it to him. So now I'm in a position as a parent that I get to sit back and allow them to come to me instead of me trying to, you know, I kind of rambled on there, but well, you make a, well, you actually make a great point if I can interject there, because it's all about the open dialogue. And again, I, I look at this because because I'm in a similar position. I've noticed now. Maybe this is part of my son's personality. I don't know. Um, maybe it's just his his mom and I. Um, we don't scold him of like if he makes bad decisions. Again, we talk through it. He's very open. We have very open dialogue. He tells us a lot of things, and I think that's one of the things too. Is if if I have open dialogue with him, it gives him the again he is in control. When does he want to share stuff? When does he want to um, let us know certain things and feel free to like, Hey, if you, if you don't want to tell us stuff, you don't have to, we're not forcing you, whatever. And I think having that again, trying to treat him a little bit older than maybe he is. But I think that going back to your point, instead of the, the quote unquote helicopter parent where, Oh, this is what you do. This is when you do it, this, whatever. I think it makes the kids feel small. It feel, it makes them feel like 
they can't do what they want to do. And, and as we know, you know, this obviously with, with a, a few kids under your belt, getting into adult age, it's like, they're, they have little personalities there that they're trying to get out of their body, just like right. we did. And I think having that perspective that we were actually kids, want, you know, it's so funny. I don't know what it is about adults. We forget that we used to be kids, right? We forget that we battled with our parents because we wanted to have our voice heard. We wanted to play certain sports that maybe they didn't like, and we try to find. And then as we become parents, we forget that, wait a minute, that's, that actually happened. So I think having that perspective of, Hey, let's just, let's see what they like to do. And let's give them the, the opportunity to do it. If I can make two, and I, cause I'm, I'm really big on the practical advice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's two uh, things I'd share right now that based on our discussion, one is, and, and I learned this from Neil deGrasse Tyson. Do you know who Neil deGrasse Tyson is? No, no, I don't. He's an astrophysicist. He's, he's, he's out there in the, in the, in the social world and stuff. Awesome guy, very intelligent. A um, lot of, a lot of different thinking, but he, I, I was, I don't know how many years ago it was, but I think my son was probably three or four when I heard this was he's like, all kids are scientists. But what do we do as parents? What if, what if they're playing in the sink and they spill something? What's the first thing we do? We yell at them of like, right. you made a mess, you do whatever. And I used to do that again, going back to kind of how my, you know, my parents, my parents were, and I was starting to be that. And that really kind of caught me in my tracks. I said, all right, let's try something different. So going forward from that point, every time now, certainly I, I get a little like cautious. I'm like, oh gosh, what's he doing? But I give him again, the latitude to make a little mess, try something. And you know what's amazing? Again, he, he's proved me right is, or maybe proved me wrong, I guess is the best way to say it is he's experimenting. He's trying right. things. He's seeing like, okay, how does the water levels change or how does this or that happen or whatever? And he's learning and experiencing stuff. Instead of if I put a damper on that right away, he never gets to have that, like you were talking about before, the success, but also the failure because you learn right. from that just as well. Right. Um, the second piece of advice I would give for, for the other parents out there is think about when your kids ask you questions. Like we're in the car, we're listening to some music, kids shouts from the back, they ask a question. Again, what's the first thing we do? We answer it. Right. I used to be the same way. One of the ways I changed was I now don't answer the question. So whatever the question is, insert, you know, hey, what is X? What do you think it is? That's, that's a common response. Well, what do you think it is? Or what do you think that place is? Or X, Y, and Z. And it's amazing because now again, what happens? Their brain has to click on and they have, they, they weren't thinking about it. They just want the answer. They're used to getting right. the answer. Now they actually have to turn a different part of the brain and think about it. And some of the responses he's come up with have been like the most like, like, what is that? Like, he's going to write some, like some novel of like, you know, fantasy world. Cause I'm like, well, that's really that's an interesting perspective. That's <laughs> I, sometimes I'm like, well, that's incorrect. <laughs> that's it's actually this, but thank you for thinking. And then, and then sometimes that makes us go down like a longer rabbit hole dialogue on something. But anyways, those are two things I would encourage for parents out there, especially with younger kids maybe think about it, trying some of those and just seeing what happens. Again, we have to be comfortable with ourselves that we don't have to get mad and upset. If again, if they're playing around the sink or whatever, it's just like, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. Right. You start to realize this stuff is like, who cares? You know, it's it's not as big of a deal as we make it. So, yeah. I mean, enjoy the journey. And I love that you do that with your son because um, like you said, it just, it, it creates this, this open dialogue that, that, like you said, kind of goes down this rabbit hole, but still it's that open dialogue that actually helps, believe it or not, strengthen the bond that you guys have. And not only that, but it helps him 
to develop the trust in coming to you and asking you things or talking to you about things, even things that he may be nervous to talk to you about. The fact that you guys have these open conversations that are very innocent, uh, there, there's going to come a time in his life. I know he's, you said he's nine, right? Mm-hmm. So there's going to come a time in his life when he's hitting those teenage years that he's going to have these challenging uh, conversations that he's going to have to talk to you about, but because of the trust that you've built with him, you and your wife, I'm assuming your wife as well, or your ex-wife, um, but um, I'm assuming that, that the conversations that you both have with him just builds that trust. So that way, when he does have a challenge or something that's bothering him, he'll be able to come to you. Um, it's some, it's something that I was very aware of as a parent. Um, you know, with my parents, I was, I didn't have a, like you, I didn't have a very strong relationship with my dad. However, my dad did say, I love you all the time to me. He was just very hard on me. Uh, and, but I will say this, I was never, ever afraid to go and talk to him about something if I needed to. Um, and it's something that I've taken into my kids' lives as a parent. I've never, I didn't want them to ever be afraid to come and talk to me. Yeah. And so just the, the trust, the bond, the relationship you guys have is so important because like I said, he's at, he's nine now, but I mean, you get, you got some roller coaster years coming up. That are now I say that, but enjoy it, Brian. Enjoy yeah. it because it's such an awesome journey to be on and it goes by so fast. It's a blink of an eye and it's gone. And you know, I I can never explain this to somebody who's not a parent. And I know you being a parent can understand this, but things go by so fast. Don't sweat the small stuff, right? right. The little things that they do wrong, don't sweat it. Just let's fix it and let's move past it so that they can continue to grow and develop as little human beings. Um, so that's awesome. That's awesome that you shared that. Yeah. And I, and I think the, you know, it goes, it, it just reminded me of a story. Like I, uh, I'll, I'll tell this quick is, you know, I never, I never played tennis at all. Never. <laughs> I played in like in college, I'd play like with a, a, you know, a couple friends. Like, I don't, I think I bought a racket then. I didn't use the racket for like 15 years after college or whatever. Um, and I just decided, I don't know why, like this past summer and he was, he, so we both decided again, co-parenting work together. Now, now she could have done something different the week. You know, we, we, we have a split custody. So uh, one week on one week off. So we didn't do any camps though. Right. Um, he stayed with uh, each of us, like the weeks we had him. So he did work, you know, stuff from home. I let him play, do whatever. And then I, you know, I kind of take him out throughout the day here and there. And I just decided, you know, I'm going to start playing tennis, you know, I'm a big golfer. So, um, and it's something I enjoy doing, but I'm like, I'm going to pick up a new sport. I want to be that beginner learner again. So I said to him, I said, Hey, do you want to try it? He might've told me after the first time we did it, if he didn't like it, he would have told me, and I would have been, all right, we're not going again, but all of a sudden he liked it. And he, and you know, he, uh, enjoyed it. And so we went another time, another time. Now we've probably gone about a dozen times. And the reason I'm telling this story, it kind of relates to what you just said is, Back four or five months ago, like he didn't even know how to hold the racket. And it's these glimpses. And this is something, again, especially for younger parents, you'll, you, you, I think as the kids get older, you'll see this even more. It's these glimpses. Now he actually can do forehands and backhands. And like, I'm like impressed. Well, he, anyway, so I'm volleying with him yesterday. This was yesterday, actually. And I hit this one shot and it was going toward like the front corner of anyone plays tennis, like the front corner, right over the net. He not only ran to it, he hit this shot like Pete Sampras would have hit in his prime. And it just like, it's one of those things like, oh, after all the, the, the failure he had and miss hits and everything, 
that little spark of like, okay, there's a next level. Like he's, he's improved just a little bit and just a little bit and just a little bit. And it kind of, I guess, layers on a little bit to your point of like, they grow fast, but if we also give them the opportunity to learn, and you've probably seen this with your kids, maybe shooting bass or whatever, like all of a sudden it's like, whoa, wait a minute. That's pretty cool. Like you can actually do that. But if we shelter them and we don't ever give them the chance to have those experiences, they never have that chance to flourish or grow or see how good they can be. Um, so anyways, it, it's kind of close to your point that you're making, but it's like, yeah. I just think we have to w- open up as parents and be okay. Like try some new stuff. And that's what, I mean, that's, that's all big, you know, with my whole, just get started mission and stuff is like, we just got to start. We got to try new things. I mean, that, adults can take that advice just as much as kids, right? It's like, right. just try, get out there and see what happens. And you grow as a person so much, not so much on skill level, potentially, but just as how you are as a person, how you think, how you have more confidence, all that, you know? And I think it starts with a young age with kids. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think uh, letting your child try new things, whether it's sports, whether it's, you know, if they're into music or acting, uh, singing, dancing, whatever it is. Um, it was, you know, we wanted our, we wanted, my wife and I wanted our two boys to do something outside of school and they just kind of gravitated towards sports. Our mm-hmm. only rule was, our only rule was if you start a sport on a team, you're going to finish the season. Mm-hmm. So even if it's something like my older son, he played one year of soccer. He hated it. He hated it. Yeah. But the funny thing is he was a really good goalie. He was really good at it. And I kept telling him, dude, you're really good at this, at playing goalie. And yeah. he just hated it, but he finished the season and then he never went back and that's okay. I, we're that's okay right. with that. Um, my younger son uh, now plays college basketball, but when he, I can remember when he was late into his junior high years, he couldn't hit a three to save his life. I mean, the yeah. ball would just, it wouldn't, it wouldn't even get close to the basket. He just wasn't strong right. enough. He hadn't developed those skills. But, you know, as he got into high school and just kept working on it, I mean, he ended up one of the best three-pointers on the team. I never discouraged him from shooting those three-pointers. I knew he still had a lot of work to do, but I just kept encouraging him, keep trying, keep trying. You'll grow those muscles. You'll develop that strength yeah. to really get that, get that shot down. And he finished his high school year, you know, one of the best three-pointers on the team. Um, so, and now he's playing college basketball. So it's, we just, we never know where it's going to take them. If they're not happy with something, you can, you can pivot, you can pivot, but you're right. I mean, just let them try new things. That's, that's what's, that's what life's all about. So yeah, that's really, that's really cool. Um, Well, let me do this for my listeners that want to look you up, learn a little bit more about you, best place to do that. All that. Yeah. Yeah. My website, it's brianondraco.com. I'll spell it. um, B-R-I-A-N-O-N. D-R-A-K-O. Uh, so brianondraco.com, kind of everything there. You know, I, I do a blog three times a week. Um, you can get right to your inbox, a newsletter, you know, weekly. Um, obviously I might just get started podcast, which hopefully you will be able to come on. I would point. love to. I know we, I, we gotta, we gotta get that working. Um, but just get started podcast is, um, is again, you can listen at anything. I've been doing that four years, which is so insane. Four years, um, wow. podcast, um, depending when this launches, I've, you know, right around or over 200 um, episodes, well, 200 interviews. I probably have 220 ish episodes um, total. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. And a lot of the coaching and different stuff I'm doing. So it's a, uh, Oh, I do write children's book too. Maybe I write, maybe I should plug that. I don't know. Yeah, I saw that. We yeah, yeah, do it. So I mean, there's a, we, but again, this is, and, and I hope everyone appreciates this. And, and again, where I'm coming from, it's like, 
all of these things I'm doing, if we talked five or six years ago, I was doing none of it. Right. None of it. And it's because I made a decision to change in my life that I wanted to do these things that I wanted to create for the world. I wanted to put them out there. I wasn't scared anymore to put myself out there and just, you know, this is who I am and what I want to do. So yeah, I do a lot. My, my hands are in a lot of different stuff, but uh, yeah, my second, my first children's book, it's called Luke's first round of golf. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote it actually um, back in 2012. I wrote most of it and I shelved it for like five or six years again. Cause I was, I wasn't confident. I didn't think I was like, what am I'm going to write a children's book. Um, but anyways, I ended up publishing that. It came out earlier this year. Uh, my second one, uh, the magically magnificent mysterious mind will come out sometime in February. Um, so I'm just finishing up illustrations. So yeah, I got a lot of balls in the air, but I'll tell you what, I, I love doing it. I, I love all the different opportunities I get to have very grateful for it. So anyways, awesome. it's all the web, it's all the website. So <laughs> awesome. Well, listen, I, you know, I, I I've enjoyed the conversation. Uh, it's, you know, it's one of these conversations that can carry on all day long. Uh, yeah. But I appreciate uh, not only the connection we've made, but the friendship we have. And I appreciate you being on the show, brother. I really do. Yeah, thank you so much. And I, and I appreciate the, the stuff you're putting out in the world. This is great. I mean, these conversations are absolutely necessary, just kind of the open dialogue. So I appreciate you having me on to, uh, to share a little bit of my story. Awesome. Thank you for that, Brian. Well, listen, guys, it's been another episode of Data. Make sure you guys check it out. Make sure you guys subscribe into my YouTube channel to the podcast. Make sure you guys are checking out Brian, subscribing to his podcast, getting his book. Uh, the guy's doing great things, changing the world, and um, continue, to, uh, continue to look forward to these episodes. So thank you guys very much for joining. Thanks for listening to the Dad Up Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next weekly episode. While you're at it, leave a rating and review. And if you know someone this show can help, be sure to share it with them. Want to learn more? Check out the website at daduptribe.com or leave Brian a message on Instagram at daduppodcast.